Uh, we are continuing in uh, Jude, and, and really I want to talk about wrong voices and right voices, and, and I'm just going to kind of tell on myself, but when I first went to Bible college, I was really young in the Lord, and I remember reading uh, this verse out of 1 Corinthians 15, do not be misled, bad company corrupts good character. And I thought, that's an amazing scripture. And so I actually wrote it out because we didn't have computers going on. I mean, there were a few people, but I posted it on my door and I said, uh, and I said, do not, I read, do not be misled, bad company corrupts character. So I said, uh, if you're bad company, stay away. So that was the friendly invitation on my door in, uh, in Bible college. And years later, I have to admit, I was probably a little bit arrogant in that because I was making the assumption that I was good company and others were bad company. <laughs> Let me tell you, to be honest, I had to evaluate myself. And when it came to pulling practical jokes on other people, I was not good company. Right, I was guilty, uh, and you know, it was funny to me and others, but probably some of those the jokes got pulled on weren't laughing as hard. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So uh, I was the bad company. I should have stayed away from my own room, right? But the reality in life, all of us have influence on other people. Isn't that right? I mean, you whether it's a little bit or a lot, all of us have a certain amount. Obviously, there are some people that have great influence, some of us have a little bit influence, but the bottom line, in life, there are positive influences in our world that we would be classified as good company, right, if you're a, a positive influence. There's the negative influencers in the world, and we would call that bad company. You don't want to hang around those that influence you in the wrong way. So bad influencers, honestly, it can be anybody that encourages you to do something that is not in your best interest. It may not seem like it's that bad. Actually, it might even sound like a good idea, but in the long run, it ends up hurting us, right? It ends up putting us down the wrong path. And the more we begin to listen to the bad influences, the more likely we are to head down the wrong path. And voices are the things that direct us a lot of times. Psalms 1.1, one of my favorite verses out of the entire book of Psalms, just this, this one verse is so powerful. It says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. And there is a progression that happens when we, who we listen to. The first one is just walking in the counsel of the wicked. Now, we've all probably had people give us bad counsel, am I right? All right? And, and it really kind of starts out like that. You're just going down your path and it says, don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. Somebody gives you an idea, hey, you ought to do this. And you're like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll do that. You start walking in it. The next step is that not only are you walking, you stopped walking. Now you're standing and listening. You're like, like not just walking by it, but it's like now standing in the way of sinners, the path of sinners. That's what it's talking about. And, and thirdly, after you've stood and listened for a while and you get it, you kind of take a seat and it says sits in the seat of mockers. So you're walking, stop standing, and now you're sitting. And, and the Hebrew right there talking about sitting means that you have now made your habitation or your dwelling place with the mockers. And so it starts out just by listening. Who am I listening to? Who are the voices that I'm allowing in my head? And uh, if I don't 
like if I'm not careful who I listen to, the end result is that I'm going to be I'm going to be the bad company. All right? That's going to be me. Those that you allow in your inner circle will either influence you for right or for wrong. Isn't that true? I mean, those of you that have been parents, when your kids start making friends, uh, aren't we a little bit about cautious about who, who's, your, who's your friend? You know, you don't want them hanging around some hoodlum that's going to cause them to be the bad, or maybe your kid is the hoodlum, right? We're careful. We want, we want to make sure because we have seen friends direct and take people down a wrong road. It just happens. Everybody's behavior can begin to change depending on who is speaking in your life. I mean, there may be a marriage and the, and the spouse is completely happy in their marriage, and then all of a sudden they decide, I'm not happy. I want out of this. Uh, what has probably changed is that there's a new voice been speaking into their life. Maybe a friend, maybe uh, uh, another person flirting with them, whatever it is. Uh, when an addict has been clean for years and all of a sudden relapses, what's going on? Probably an old voice is speaking back into their life. You've allowed that to come in. Or somebody who is reasonable and, and you can normally get along with suddenly becomes angry, opinionated, argumentative, uh, and you're like, where did that come from? Well, most likely that came from another voice started speaking into their life. I mean, let me just say, uh, we've been, pa Pastor Colleen and I, we've been pastors for a long time. Occasionally, we've had people that are really for us, cheerleaders and all of that, and, and almost overnight have become angry and disgruntled and vengeful, and we're like, what in the world happened? What did we do? Only to discover that there was another voice that started speaking. I mean, some of you guys that have been in churches for a long time and you've seen church splits, how many of you know that usually starts, I don't know who patient zero is on that, but it starts with one voice starting to spread it to another voice, which starts to spread it to another voice, and eventually there's a whole group of people that are fighting against another group of people. Uh, it just gets really ugly, am I right? It just, it, it happens that way. Even kids growing up, you know, a lot of times we think, oh, teenagers are rebellious. How many of you have heard that? How many of you know not every teenager has to be rebellious? It is not like something in their DNA that once you hit an age, all of a sudden you're rebellious. Uh, usually rebellion hits because of the friends and the voices that come into their head. Right? It's not an age thing. I just want to say that because you can be rebellious at 5, at 15, at 25, at 35, at 45. It can happen at any age. So don't put people, oh, you know what? Once they hit that, that's what's going to happen. No, it's the voices that come in the hat. Most of the time, it's just reality. Attitudes, opinions uh, are a result of new voices that come into our mind. Amen? Come into our lives. So uh, if you listen to the wrong one, you can guarantee you're going to start making wrong decisions and you're going to end up going down the wrong direction. And what happens is once we do that, we shut out the right voices. Isn't that true? How many of you, how many, you've seen that, right? Like, oh man, I'm listening, but all of a sudden you start listening to the wrong voice, you turn off the other voices. And so we've got to figure out, who am I listening to? So why am I saying all of that? Because as we continue this study in Jude... I, if you didn't watch last week, I want to encourage you, if you weren't here, go back online and watch it. But he was writing to the church because the church was being damaged by false teachers. How many of you realize there's still false teachers that are around today? Right? They didn't go out with the first, it was in the first century, every generation, and they taught a dangerous false gospel. They were confusing 
early believers then, they're like, what do I do? Because the false teachers were, were basically being ruled by their passions, by their desires, instead of being led by God. And they expected churches to support that. The people were falling for it. This was their, their gospel was basically this. Do whatever you want because God's grace will cover everything. Live however you want to live. Anything goes. That's the kind of gospel that they were talking about. And so today we're picking it up in verse 11. And it says this. He's saying this. What sorrow awaits them? Them is the false teachers, okay? And he begins to compare them to three biblical characters that are probably not the best representation uh, in the Bible. He says these uh, false teachers, they follow in the footsteps of Cain, who killed his brother. They're like Balaam, who they, they deceive people for money. And then they're like Korah, they perish in their rebellion. So if you notice in our world, there's a lot of people that name their kids biblical names. I mean, we did that with all three of our kids. But I've never met a Cain. I've never met a Balaam, and I've never met a Korah. People, I've never met a Jezebel either. There's a lot of names that are like, whoa, wait, I'm not going to name my kid after that because they got a bad reputation. What was Cain? He's comparing these false teachers to Cain who killed his brother. Why did he kill his brother? He was violent and he was jealous. And he's saying these false teachers have a jealous streak that's in them that will eventually take over. What about Balaam? He was a, a, a false prophet, deceived people for money. And, and a lot of times, false teachers, their goal is money, wealth, power, prestige. I want people to look at me. I want people to lift me up. Uh, and, and it really, they can make it sound like it's about you, but the reality, it's about them. And then Korah, who was he? They rebelled against spiritual authority. He said, these are the characters these false teachers are like. And then he goes on in verse 12, and he says, when these people eat with you, everybody say eat with you, in your fellowship meal. Like this isn't like, hey, I just happened to see you out at McDonald's and sat and ate with you. No, this was in the church, in the fellowship meal where they're taking communion, commemorating the Lord. It wasn't what we do, you know, the little wafer and cup like that. When they did communion, it was a meal. And they sat down and they had, I mean, aren't you glad that Christianity is related with food there? Right? <laughs> How many of you guys like to eat? Amen. So, uh, so nothing better than eating and talking about the Lord. But here's the thing. He's saying these false teachers, they're in there with you. They're celebrating the communion. They're talking about Jesus. They have wormed their way and they are highly involved in church life. They're not outsiders. They're people that have come on the inside, and now they're trying to get your ear. They're, they're beginning, and Jude calls them out. He describes them with these very powerful images that we want to look at because he wanted to get across how important that it is that we recognize these wrong voices that the enemy is using to tear the church. Like I said, it, it was happening in the first century. It's still happening today. So the voices are there, and, and we need to recognize it. So he says that these people eat with you. Look what he goes on to say. They are like dangerous reefs that can, uh, reefs that can shipwreck you. And uh, we all understand reefs, right? We understand you go to the ocean, and we see the rocks sticking up out of the water uh, just like this. If you're a ship that's out here, uh, are you going to bring your ship close to that when you see those rocks sticking up? 
No, not at all, because it's like, it's obvious that's dangerous. We're not going there. But what he's saying, more like this, the second picture, there's the reef that's just under the water. How many of you know that's a little bit more dangerous? Because you don't see the problem. You don't see the danger. And people, many ships have come and, and been wrecked because they, there was a reef there and they just didn't see it. And that happens in, in the Christian life as well. Many people, they didn't see the problem. They thought everything was okay. And because they listened to the false teacher, their life was, was wrecked from it as a result. So uh, one of the wrong voices, a dangerous reef, is a wrong voice that is very difficult to detect. Because it sounds really good. They may, you know, they may be super friendly right? Probably are. But what happens is that they cleverly hide that. They do their best to deceive you, and, and we fall for the lies because why? We don't see the danger. Oh, they're a good brother in the Lord. They even have a, a Christian t-shirt that talks about Jesus, right? They're, they're saying hallelujah all the time. I mean, somebody, it wasn't me, did a study. They said there's over three million shipwrecks around the world that have hit reefs. And the, the boats are there, uh, down on the bottom. But how many of you know there's far more lives that have been wrecked simply because people didn't see the danger? They didn't see the danger. And look what he goes on to say in uh, verse 12. It says, they are like shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. Wow. Jude's using very familiar imagery here. Because everybody understood what a shepherd was. There was a lot of sheep in Israel. There were a lot of shepherds. And just in case you didn't realize it, I think most of you do, uh, when you say pastor, really that means shepherd. right? That's what, that's what pastors are supposed to do. And as shepherds, what is the main job of a shepherd watching sheep? Protect them. Protect them. Right, exactly. Protect them. Care for the sheep. Right? Shepherds, uh, shepherds would put themselves, I think about King David before he was king, when he was a shepherd, he's like, I, I, I killed the lion, I killed the bear. I'm just going to be honest with you. If I'm watching sheep and a lion or a bear come along, how many of you with me, they're going to get some lamb chops that day. Right? Go for it. Have that, have that lamb because I'm not getting in the, but you know, that's what a shepherd would do. That's what, they, you know, they would put in long hours. They would make sure the sheep were safe. I mean, Jesus says this. He says, I am the good shepherd. And what does it say? The good shepherd lays down his life for the, uh, for the sheep, right? And here's the thing. A false teacher will claim to lead and guide God's people, but the reality is they don't really care about them at all because it's about them. They didn't really care for the flock. They used their position of leadership really to establish themselves. Oh, I'm the pastor here, you know. I'm the shepherd here. And, it's, and he's saying they're shameless shepherds, right? They have no shame. How, that's bad when you have no shame, right? And, uh, and, and shameless, it's a wrong voice. They don't care about you. What do they do? They focus on themselves. Focus on themselves. They only want for themselves. Greedy, self-centered. When you listen to them, and, and some of you guys know what I'm talking about, somehow everything is about them. All right? Somehow it all comes back. I mean, and it's not just pastors that are in that situation. How many of you know wrong voices could be the boyfriend or girlfriend that tempts you to have sex and then dumps you? I heard some owls over there, right? 
Or, or maybe it's the friend that says, hey, listen, come on, just have a little drink with me. Uh, it's no big deal. You know, here's the thing. A shameless shepherd will abandon you the first sign of trouble. Hey, come on and hang out with me. And uh, we have a word for some shameless shepherds that are out there. Some people, it's being called a narcissist. How many of you have heard that before? Can I read the definition of a narcissist? Because it's somebody that only focuses on themselves. It is a personality disorder. It's a mental health condition in which people have an unreasonably high sense of their own importance. They need and seek too much attention and want people to admire them. People with this disorder may lack the ability to understand or care about other people's feelings. Right? So, so that's that shameless shepherd. They're, they're concerned about themselves. Everything is about them. Uh, me, me, me. That's really what the focus is. And so not only that, he goes on in verse 12. He describes with this next image. He says, they are like clouds blowing over the land without giving any rain. Now, when you live in an arid place, we see a cloud. How many of you know we want rain? And uh, in Israel is a very arid climate. They've gotten really good at uh, irrigation and watering the place. Uh, but this is a picture in an area of Isra uh, Israel uh, that the irrigation is not doing a good job. But if you're a farmer and you need water and you see a cloud, how many of you know you start getting a little excited? Oh, yes, the clouds are coming. And let me just say, I know we've had a lot of rain this year. Thank you, Jesus. But how many of you know, living in California, we see the cloud and we hope for rain? Oh, come on, rain, you can do it. I see a cloud. Uh, one thing we didn't realize, because I moved here from Texas, is that uh, sometimes the clouds bring lightning but not rain. And how many of you know, that's where Fort, the wildfires and all. I, didn't, I remember our first year here, and there was like, there was clouds, and we heard the thunder, and Pastor Colleen and I were like, yeah, it's thundering. And people were like, no, that's not a good thing, because there's no rain with it. And there's going to be a fire that's going to come as a result of it. And sure enough, it did. And here's the thing. People understood. That's what, uh, that's what these clouds, they promise a lot, but they deliver very little. So that's a, that's a next, lot of problems. Oh, we're going to give you this. Well, we're going to provide this. We got all these good things that are, that are going to happen. They just never deliver. That's what these leaders uh, and, and false teachers come in. How many of you have seen that? Gone to a restaurant and you see the picture of the food and you're like, man, that looks really good. And then you order it and then they bring it to your table and you're like, like what's this? <laughs> right? Like, look what the picture looked like. <laughs> what is this mess on my plate right now? This is false advertising. You're promising something and you're not delivering. And uh, that's just kind of, you know, we live in that world. I mean, think about some of the commercials you see on TV. Like some of the commercials that, that talk about any kind of alcohol, right? They promise you the good life. If you drink their product, you're going to have these friends. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, but how many of you know they don't show the person strung out in a ditch somewhere? Right? They don't show you the end result uh, of what that's going to do. Or, or maybe there's this, uh, you know, all the credit cards. Enjoy it now and pay later. You know, we celebrate it now, but when the bills come due, how many of you know that celebration is gone? <laughs> right? No more celebrating that, right? Or, or here, take this pill. It's going to help with your pain. And the next thing you know, you're addicted. Right? Lots of promises. Lots of promises. No real results. 
People will promise you one thing and deliver nothing. And the group of people I think the best that do that, I mean, they're like skilled at this, is politicians, am I right? Oh, we're going to do this, that, and the other thing. It's going to be amazing. And what I don't get is how we still believe it. All right? They're not going to do it. Let's just, okay, I'm stopping there because I don't want to get off into that. But uh, it's just a reality. So he says, their clouds blowing over the land without giving any rain. And then he says, they are like trees in autumn that are doubly dead, for they bear no fruit and have been pulled up by the roots. So double dead, what is that? Well, first of all, no fruit, you're a dead tree. Remember when Jesus cursed the fig tree? Uh, and, but then if the fruit tree, if, you, if you're like up an apple hill and your fruit tree is not producing any apples, how many of you know they're going to dig it up and they're going to plant something else? And so that's the double dead. Double dead false teachers don't have the fruit of the Spirit. They simply don't. And so that's number four. Uh, a wrong voice will have no evidence of the special relationship with God that they claim to have. I mean, you're going to look at their life. There is no love. There's no joy. There's no peace. There's no patience. None of those things are evident. They can talk a good game, but they're just not living it. How many of you that makes a difference? You can talk it all day long. What does your life look like? What is it, what is it uh, producing? And then uh, goes on in verse 13. He says, they are like wild waves of the sea, churning up the foam for their shameful deeds. And, and we can get an image of that. These, like I said, these are all familiar images that the Israelites would have understood, a language that they would have understand because they weren't far from the coast or the Jordan River. Uh, uh, how many of you have seen a beach after a big wave comes and it pulls back and it leaves a bunch of trash? Right? Just like that. Look what the wave brought in, right? So these things, this is, he's saying these are false teachers. They're like a big wave coming in. And you know, the surfers are on the outside. Oh, yeah, look at the big wave. Once it hits the beats and pulls back, there's nothing but trash left. <clears throat> and uh, wild waves bring bad things to the surface. They just do. Wrong force, uh, voices do the same thing. They leave a, a wake of trash, whether it's gossip, whether it's lies, whether it's a lot of hurts, uh, bad stories, broken dreams, all kinds of stuff. And, and they come in and they actually pull the worst. They keep drama going. Anybody love being in a, a, a situation where there's a lot of drama? I hate it. Right? I hate it. And it's like, but it's just, it's just there. They want to want you to see others as the enemy. And the goal is to get you to turn against them. It just happens. They turn, they turn people against their parents, against pastors, against the church, against friends. Listen, wrong voices are like that wild wave. They go, but there's always trash. And I can just say, I've pastored for a long time, seen a lot of trash. People have come in. They're a big wave. You know, they got all this energy. They got all these things. And it's like, after they're gone, there's nothing but trash left behind. And it's like, oh man, I, we got to clean that one up now. So Jude finishes it. These are all his descriptions here. Verse 13, the last part, they are like wandering stars. When it says that, it's basically talking about a shooting star. And it says, they're doomed forever for blackest darkness. What in the world? Uh, how many of you like seeing shooting stars? Those are kind of cool. When you hear there's going to be a little meteor shower, it's like, oh, we want to go see it. Uh, if you happen to see a shooting star, how many of you know it only lasts for a second and then it's gone? 
right? It is doomed for black as darkness because once it goes to the atmosphere, it either burns up or hits the earth. It's not lighting up anymore. And he's saying that these teachers, think about all these descriptions. These teachers, they can attract a lot of attention. They can put on a big show, but they quickly flame out and disappear. They're, you know, they're here and then they're gone. Wrong voices often. Let me, I want you to hear this. They look good. They may be impressive. They may be popular, they may draw a big crowd, they may have all these clever ideas, but ultimately all that is accomplished is a big show. That's it, I just put on a big show. No substance, no direction, no lasting fruit. You know, God called us to produce fruit, but he said fruit that will last. Not just to put on a big show and like, ooh, look what I did. That's not what he's called us. So this amazing picture Jude paints of wrong voices. Let me just recover them all real quick. Dangerous reefs that will sink your ship. Shameless shepherds that only put themselves first. Rainless clouds that make a lot of promise but never deliver. Double dead trees. None of the fruit comes from following Christ as evident in their life. Wild waves that leave behind a bunch of trash. And shooting stars that put on a big show. Wow. Wow. That's quite a list that Jude pointed out there, isn't it? And uh, what happens is they begin to lead us in the wrong direction if we keep listening to them. Now, I want to look at the other side because I don't want to lead us with just the bad voices. There are good voices around too. Good voices that we need to recognize, that we need to train ourselves to listen to because when you do, that's when good things begin to happen. They'll encourage you to do the right thing. They will help us to think right. How many of you know the problem that sometimes is that we think wrong? And so we need people to help us think right that will challenge us that if we do happen to start getting off track, they'll challenge us, that they will, they will celebrate holiness in our life. They want your marriage to last, right? They want you to live strong and your faith to grow strong, amen? When it comes to changing your life's direction following Christ, do you realize there's always a crossroad? Who am I going to listen to? Who am I going to listen to? If you're leaving behind a past and you don't leave those past voices behind, most likely you're going to end up returning to them again. And I've seen it over and over again. People that are wanting to do that, if you keep the same friends and the same hang and all of that, guess what? You're going to go right back to it. And uh, you guys have heard me tell a little bit of my testimony when I was a teenager. Uh, at the age of 16, I gave my life to the Lord, but for two years, I kind of went back and forth. I'm serving God. Next thing I know, I'm not serving God. And I'm serving God, and nobody ever taught me this. I sure wish that they would have, but I realized years later, the reason I kept struggling in those two years is because I kept all the same old voices, Hey, Scott, we're going to go out and party, you know, I got a kegger or whatever, I got this going on. And it's like, oh, you know what, I'm strong today, I'm not going to do it, but you know what, the next day, I'm out there. I, I just kept going back and forth and back and forth, and, and again, nobody taught me, but somehow, I mean, when the Lord really confronted me, I had to make a decision, am I going to keep going back there? And so what happened is that I ended up quitting a very good job, and I walked away from a lot of friends that kept pulling me back. They kept, kept tugging me back. And, you know, after I finally did that, three months later, I'm in Bible college. I'm like, I'm not going back to that anymore. And so as I talk about, yeah, we can give the Lord a hand. As I talk about wrong voices, maybe some of you realize, you know what? I've got some wrong voices that are speaking into my life. 
and it maybe sounds good. Sometimes those wrong voices tell you what you want to hear, but sometimes it's not what you need to hear. And listen, if you want to hear the right voice, you got to turn off the wrong voice. That's like listening to a song. Do you ever try to listen to songs at the same time? It's kind of hard, right? you got to turn one off if you're going to listen to the other one. So how do we identify them? Uh, I'm not going to give out names or anything, obviously, but I want to talk about a few qualities, uh, voices that we need to, to choose to listen to. And uh, here's the thing. Uh, right voices are people that are ahead of me in a spiritual journey, and they are mature and fruitful. How many of you know maturity does not come with how many years that you've served the Lord? Yeah, or how old you are. You can be serving the Lord for 40 years and still be a spiritual baby. We have to be... What's the sign of maturity is the fruit of the Spirit. You've got to follow people that are beginning to display the fruit of the Spirit. Here's the thing. If somebody doesn't have... And we covered a whole series last summer. But if they don't have love, and not just like, oh, I love this person, but oh, man, that person I can't stand... Love's got to be in their life. If they don't have joy, if they don't have the joy of the Lord, if they don't have peace, if they're constantly like, like, like anxious about everything, they don't have patience, if they don't have kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, let me tell you, that, that doesn't mean they're not a believer. They can be a believer. It just means they're not mature. Right? It means that they're not growing. Those are the things that are evident. So a right voice is somebody that you want to listen to that's ahead of you on the journey that can speak into your life. Amen? Another one of the right voices, let me, before I put it up there, are people that will disagree with you. How many of you love that? Oh man, I just love it. When, no, here's the thing. Pete, we need people in our life that are going to be honest and, and they want to make things, but more in particular, they want to make you better. Right? We don't always need people that always agree with us. Now, I'm just going to be honest. I like it when people agree with me. That means I was right. And I'm going to tell you, I'm married to somebody that doesn't always agree with me. And, uh, and I have learned, well, almost 35 years of marriage, if, I, if she doesn't agree with me, she's right. So how many of you men, you understand that, right? Uh, but he, I'm just a joking aside, we need people in our life. If you just want people that agree with you, how many of you know that's called Facebook. I post something, I get people to like it. Uh, if people don't like me, I just unfriend them or they unfriend me, right? To where all I got left are the people that agree with me. Uh, fine if that's what you want, but the reality is we need people in our life that love us enough to tell us the truth. They love us enough that they will challenge us. If, if I make a bad choice, I need somebody in my life to tell me, hey, listen, that wasn't a good choice. That wouldn't, I need people that will, uh, uh, if I'm beginning to listen to the wrong voice, will say, hey, listen, you need to stop listening to that person because they're going to lead you down the wrong path, right? They're going to take you down. And, and, and when I start heading in the wrong direction, do you like it when people tell you, hey, listen, you're going in the wrong direction? We may not like it, but how many of you know we all need it? We need people to challenge us. Listen, if you only listen to people that agree with you, then guess what? Your mind is never going to grow. Your actions will never be challenged. Their course that you're taking will never be altered. And so a, a good voice is one that loves us enough to begin to tell us the absolute truth. We need truth tellers in our life. Amen? 
Now, let me just put a word of caution out there because there's, there's a difference between a truth teller and a complainer or criticizer. You're like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Like, like some people are like, oh yeah, that's me, I'm a truth teller. I can't wait to go drop some truth on that person. I'm just going to let them have it, right? I'm going to tell them what's what, right? Let me just say this, the, a, a critic, if you're a critic... That means that your goal is to tear the other person down. No, 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 I'm just telling them the truth. No, if your goal is to tear people down, that's the wrong attitude. If you're a complainer, some people are complainers, and they're like, no, I'm not complaining, I'm just telling the truth. The complainer's goal is to get what they want. Oh, I don't like this song, I don't like this temperature, I don't like this, I don't like that, this isn't good. They just complain because they're trying to get what they want. But the goal of a truth teller is to try to make you better. They love you enough to say, hey, listen, that's, this is destructive behavior. You better turn from that. Amen? So if you don't know how to tell the difference, and some people don't, they're like, oh, man, somebody told me this. I better change this. I better change that. What happens is that you end up allowing critics and complainers to control your life. All right? We can't do that. Critic just so you know, criticism is not a spiritual gift. Amen? So next thing you need for a right voice is you need people that actually love you and care about you, right? Right voices are not mean. They're not hateful. Uh, people, people that actually care for you, and this is something I'm realizing the older that I get, is there is not an endless supply of people who love you and have your best interest at heart. Right? If you get people that really love you and care about you, don't let them go. Right? Don't let them go because you let somebody go, there's not going to automatically be another one. It, how many of you have found, you know what I'm talking about? So when there's someone that loves you enough, because sometimes someone will love us, be a truth teller, tell us something that we don't like, and because we don't like it, we cut them out of our life, and you start cutting all of those people out in your life, now you don't have any friends that really love you and care about you, right? So we got to be careful about that. Find people. They want to be, you know, they're, they're honest with me, but they love me, they care about me. Next thing, people that have done the things that I want to do, the things maybe God has called you to do. They have experience in their life. And I believe that this is true spiritually. If you see somebody that is demonstrating all of the fruits of the Spirit, maybe you struggle with patience and you're like, man, that person is so patient. How do you do it? Go and learn from them. Like, what is it that you do? That How, do you, how are you so patient? And I guarantee you, most people are not born automatically patient. Right? It is something that, has to, that they have to learn and that they have to grow in. But even on a natural level, you know, there are things that, that I can learn from people. Like if you want to be good at woodworking and build something, I just want to say this. Don't come to me because I, I can cut a piece of wood and hammer a nail, but I'm not going to build anything that looks good. Like John Vell, Norm, uh, Norm uh, Johnson, they can do stuff like that, not me. Uh, if you want to learn how to play an instrument, a uh, piano or guitar or something, don't come to me because all I can do is chopsticks on the piano. Like, Pastor Scott, you, should, you know, go to, go to Timothy or Christina or one of these people that know what they're talking about. Singing, again, don't come to me. That's not my gift. And if you've heard me sing, you'll, you would agree with that. If you want to be better at organization, and Randy will tell you this, don't come to me. 
right? That's not my gift there either. And, uh, but he's, really, he's great at it. If you want to learn how to organize, go see him. Whatever it is. Listen, if you want to learn how to pastor a church or preach a message, I can give you a little bit of help right there. I've done that. If you want to have a successful marriage, how many of you know you don't listen to your dysfunctional friend that's on their fifth and almost sixth marriage? Right? Like, how do you do it, you know? If you want to overcome an addiction, how many of you know you don't go down to the upper room and find the person that's kind of wobbling as they're coming in there? Like, hey, how did you overcome that? You know, overcome what? <laughs> right? You want to go to people, and we've got a number of people in our church that have overcome and have uh, walked in victoriously over addictions. You go see them. Right? Like, how do you do it? Amen. Right? So I love it. There's my cheering section right over there. And uh, listen to people. Yeah. Listen to people that have accomplished what you want to do. How did you do it? How did you get there? So those are, those are good voices in your life. Number five, let me move on. Make, uh, you want to listen. A right voice makes good decision, and they have wisdom. All right, they have wisdom. And, and let me just say, I want to say they have a history of wisdom. Because every one of us can make a good choice every now and then, am I right? But we want to see people that have a history of, rhythm, uh, of uh, wisdom. Proverbs 15.7 says this, Only the wise can give good advice. Isn't that true? I just want to say, it amazes me sometimes who people go to for advice. And, and let me just put, if you go to advice on Facebook, don't do it. Like, because here's the thing. Sometimes we go, why, well, let me just say this. Why would you trust somebody who makes bad decisions to help you make good decisions? Does that make sense? Like, why am I going there? Let, let me just, let me put it this way. If you need financial advice, would you go to the broke financial advisor? Like, oh, man, how did you like lose all your money? Like, I just want to learn that, right? How is it that you don't have anything less? Listen, a right voice has a history of making good decisions. You find those people and allow them to speak into your life. Amen? Number six. Here, we are going through this list here. Number six. You have a heart connection with them. And I, I think this is important. Listen, we, a mature person can listen to anybody, can grow from anybody. Am I right? But sometimes... This is just a reality. If you don't like somebody, if they rub you the wrong way, regardless of how wise they are, you're probably not going to listen to them. Isn't that true? But you should. Let me just say it that way. Next one, don't take advice from people that lack character, godly character. This is so important and, uh, in our life. If they don't have, and, and we mentioned this, some of the guys that were on at uh, Christ Life, we mentioned this on our Bible study, and somebody had said, you know, character is who you are when nobody's looking. Is that true? That's integrity, but it's also your character. But I want to say this, character also leaks out of us over time. Because you can be, I can be up front, and I can put on a front in front of people. People can put a front. But the more you hang out with that person, how many of you know their character starts coming out? By the jokes that they tell, by the way that you see they treat other people, by uh, the life that, it eventually begins to come out of them who they are on the inside. Because the reality is you can't hold it in all the time. All right, I can put on a front for a while. A right voice has godly character, and you see it in their life, which really leads me to number eight. They're faithful in their Christian walk. They are consistent. Right? Who they are when you see them 
uh, in public is who they are when they're one-on-one with you or, or any other place. So how do you know if somebody is consistent? How do you know if they're faithful? Uh, all i got to say is observe their life. Watch how they live their life. Watch how they worship. Right? Watch how they give. I mean, there's nobody in this church right now that would fit what I'm about to say, but sometimes uh, people have wanted to be on the worship team, and Pastor Timothy and probably Christina, and, uh, but it's like they want to be on the worship team, but they've been observed in the pew. They never worship. Their hands are in their pocket. They're looking around. They're doing this. They're doing that. Ooh, I want to be on the worship team. They're like, no, you don't worship. You've got to worship before you're on the worship team. Doesn't that make sense? It's like, oh, well, now that I'm on the stage, I'm going to be worshiping the Lord. No, we need people that are consistent, that, that show that who they are is actually who they are. Amen? Sometimes that takes time to do that. Right voices, they live holy lives. They demonstrate the love of Christ at all times. And the last one, number nine, is that they are encourager. And I would almost say that this is, well, they're all important, but really this that when you leave that person, you leave that conversation with them, you actually feel better about yourself. Now, don't raise your hand or point, but have you ever had a conversation with somebody and you walked away and you just felt zapped and drained? Like, ha ah. I mean, those are the people. Let me be honest with you. Sometimes you see them in the store and you turn around and you go the other way. <laughs> I, like, I just don't have it in me today. <laughs> right? They've taken everything they've got, and I don't have anything else to give. Listen, if that happens to be you, that you're that person, you are not an encourager. If you drain everybody that you come around, there's something wrong. Uh, But we are called to be an encourager. I mean, and here's the thing. Uh, Here's the principle I want to give you. If somebody is critical uh, about others to you, guess what? One day they're going to be critical about you to others. Isn't that true? So if you find somebody complaining, oh, that's so-and-so, that person, that did, they did that, and they did that, just know eventually you're going to be in their conversation. It's just going to happen. But we are called to be an encouragers. Let me give you just a few verses here. Encourage one another and build each other up. And he's telling them, just as in fact you are doing. Encourage literally means to put courage into. Discourage means to take courage out of. And we usually fall into one of those two categories. You can be in a difficult time, but how many of you know you can still be an encourager even in the midst of that? It's not like, oh, I need everybody. You build me up, I build you up. That's what the church is supposed to be, where we build one another up. That's what Paul says in Ephesians. He says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only, everybody say only. What is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit all who listen. That's what only, that's what, here's a good test. If we could only speak what is helpful for building others up, how many of you know there'd be a lot of people that wouldn't have anything to say? Right? That'd probably be a good thing. Am I right? Like, oh man, I, oh, 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 I can't say that. Oh, oh, oh man, I meant, I'm just not going to say anything today. We need to build one another up. I love Hebrews. It says uh, this, let us consider. That means you've got to actually think about. Sometimes we should think about what we say to others before we actually say it. Am I right? right? Anybody ever say something? You're like, oh, man, I wish I hadn't have said that. If I would have just thought before those words came out of my mouth. But he says, let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another 
all the more as we see the day approaching. That day is the return of Christ. Right? And I don't know, do you realize we're closer to that day than when this was written? So we're getting closer. And we've got to encourage one another. We've got to surround ourselves with the right uh, voices. And that's why it's good. It's interesting, right in the middle of spurring one another on and encouraging one another, he, you see him say, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Because the, in a church community, that's where we surround ourselves with the right voices people that will encourage us. That's why it's important getting involved in a small group. And, and I'm, you know, we're getting a young adult small group starting up soon. So I, I think that's awesome. Amen. And listen, I'm thankful for online church, especially when you can't make it. But how many of you know, one of the challenges is that you can't really develop personal relationships to, to encourage one another. And, uh, and let me just say this, because we're talking about church. How many of you know, I just want to say, not every voice you hear in church is good. There's some wrong voices that, will, that you will hear. Because remember I said, they, they says they worm their way in. Uh, we have to be careful about that. We have to be careful with who we choose to be our friends. That's what Proverbs says. The righteous choose their friends carefully. Are they a good voice? Are they going to encourage me? Are they going to build me up or, or are they going to drag me away? And I just say, you know, I don't believe it's an oversimplification to say that your life will change for the better if you quit listening to the wrong voices and you replace them with good voices. It really will. It's like, okay, I got to stop listening to that. I can't, you know, if somebody wants to come up to you and is negative or they want to gossip or they want to share slander something, you got to just say, listen, I can't listen to that. And, and I know, I know the temptation. We all like a good juicy story, am I right? What, what is it? Let me just listen to it. I heard somebody say, you know what? I, uh, you better listen close, or I don't repeat gossip, so you better listen the first time. I, I couldn't get the joke right in my head. But anyway, you got what I'm saying. So, uh, uh, stop those voices. If somebody comes along, you got to realize, man, that is a wrong voice. And if you listen to it long enough, eventually you're going to get shipwrecked and you're going to wonder, how did that happen? How did it happen? How did I get drug away? How did all of that stuff happen? And so my challenge for you today is not just to think about the voices that you're listening to, but you have to make, you and I have to make the choice. I want to be the right voice. I want to be there. It's not about me looking at everybody else. I want to make sure that my voice, I want to make sure that the conversations that I have with other people, that they're being built up, that they're being encouraged, that they're getting stronger in the Lord, that I'm not causing them to bring, you know, oh, that Pastor Scott, you know, do you know what he did? He did this, that, and the other thing. No, I don't want to be the negative voice. So how, how do I learn to be a positive voice? Last, I think I have a fill in your notes. Listening to right voices is how you become a right voice. Right? We learn by that. Like, oh man, that's, yeah, that, that's, ne that's, that's negative. That's drawing me the wrong way. I want to hear the right voices. And in doing so, we become the right voice. Amen? Amen? Can I have everybody stand? Thank you, Lord. You know, I just feel a, a personal challenge to, you know, I, I'm challenged by my own message. God, I want, I want to be a right voice. 
Lord, help me to make sure that the voices I listen to are the voices that are leading me to you. And Lord, I pray that you would help the negative voices, Lord, the ones that are drawing me away, even if they sound good, Lord God. Father, help me to reject those. Help me to reject those. Not reject the person. Lord, we can love the person, just not listen to the voice. Not go down the tra trail. Lord, we don't want to listen to their advice. We don't want to walk it. We don't want to sit there. And we certainly don't want to, to make that our habitation, oh God. So Father, we make a choice today to listen to you. God, give us ears to hear. Many times, Lord, your word says, those with ears to hear, let them listen what the Spirit is saying. See, I believe that there's some that are here today. You've had some, some voices that have been speaking to you. And you found discontent growing in your heart. You found, found a, a, a just contentiousness growing in your heart. And it's coming out. And I believe that God is saying, listen, you need to stop listening to that voice. Because in the end, it's going to lead you in a shipwreck. It's going to wreck your faith. It's going to wreck your life. So, Lord, I pray today, if this is you just saying, you know what, I want, to, I want to tune out all the negative voices, just raise your hand. Lord, help me to recognize them. And, Father, give me an ear to hear the right voices. Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you that you are a God that hears us. Father, I thank you that you are a God that speaks to us. And, Lord God, you've given us wisdom to hear the right voice and tune out the wrong one. So, Lord, we thank you, and we just commit this time to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.